I hung up the phone with my friend and I just cried and I said, God, I'm done. I am done with you. And I meant it with all of my heart. What I felt that night in my car was truly just a grip. I have you. You can let go of holding on to me, but I am holding on to you. And I'm gonna get you through it. For me, that was the most pivotal moment in my faith. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church YSM. We hope you enjoy these stories. Welcome back to the Your Story Matters podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is a podcast where people from Collective uh, share their stories. They talk about the highs and lows of their life, the frustrations, the pain, the joy, the hope all of it, and the role that God played in those stories. Um, It's really people sitting down and being real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in and through their lives. And today we're in a part two of Phil and Amy's story. So if you didn't hear part one, if you didn't hear Phil's story, I encourage you to pause this, jump back, listen to his, um, because his really kind of sets the tone for what comes next. And um, Amy's going to share a little bit about her story, but really I'm excited to get to uh, the point where they come together and God asks them to do something incredible and they say yes. Um, and so Amy, uh, do this, share a little bit about where did you grow up? What was faith like? Um, how do those two things interact? So I grew up um, in Clarksburg for the very like young, young years of my life. And then we moved um, to Mount Airy. And I actually went to Urbana High School, but I like to say I went to Urbana High School when we could sit in the cafeteria and watch the cows oh, graze. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, truly, yep. we did. We sat in the cafeteria and saw cows yep. graze in, in uh, what's now the YMCA parking lot. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty much stayed around here uh, until uh, college. I stayed local for two years, went to FCC, and then transferred to Shenandoah Conservatory. And I studied music theater there. Um, my whole life, I have pretty much done uh, performing and theater and dancing, all that stuff. Um, I was pretty involved in church. Yep. Um, I went to a private Christian school for elementary school and then went to public school. Faith was present uh, in my childhood. Truly, as far back as I can remember, I just remember loving Jesus. Um, I had a lot of uh, medical issues when I was a kid and up until um, college. And I really think it was just a mercy of God that I just, I loved Jesus and he just truly gave me so much joy. But faith wasn't necessarily super active in in our home. Um, Or if it was, it didn't stand out to me as um, a a, uh, prominent 
picture of my upbringing. We went to church on Sundays. I went to Christian school. Um, I think we prayed at meals. And I know my mom did uh, body and soul, um, you know, Christian, like, aerobics. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there was faith. Um, And my mom did, she was trying to figure out how to parent. In middle school, uh, we were still going to church. I got relatively involved in youth group, uh, high school as well and went on um, like some different international trips with yeah. that church. And it was really cool. I got uh, baptized while I was overseas. Wow. Um, and for me, it was this weird, this weird tension of, I'm an outgoing person. Um, I mean, my whole life, I am on the stage. I actually love public speaking. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know it's like not the common thing, but I love public speaking. Yeah. But I was really, really meek in wanting people to know just how much I loved Jesus. I would have no problem talking to my friends about Jesus at school or even telling, um, you know, anyone at my church. But when it came to like a public declaration and also truly going underwater. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Both of those things, I was like, "Uh, I feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there was just something when I sat on this bus in this uh, third world country and they hopped on, the pastor, local pastor hopped on and said, does anyone want to get baptized in the ocean? And I could not put my hand down. Um, And so I got baptized there in high school, eventually transitioned to uh, Shenandoah. And I definitely still did Bible study and devotions and read my Bible, but kind of like Phil mentioned, yeah, my, my lifestyle wasn't super on board with that. Didn't prioritize my relationship sure. with God. Then post-college, I had some other health issues that I had to address. And so I moved back to Maryland and uh, lived with my parents. And I really started to kind of unpack what it looked like for me as a young adult to make faith my relationship yeah. with Jesus. So started looking for churches on my own. Um, got pretty connected in a church community. And at that same time, um, my family experienced a tremendous amount of loss in a really short amount of time. I saw my parents really struggle. I saw my parents' marriage unravel. Um, And so that was really, really painful. And I was working full-time, recovering from um, some surgeries, and also performing full-time too. And so I was exhausted and then dealing with these things going on in life. And over the next few years of my parents eventually coming to a place of deciding to get separated and ultimately divorced, there were some really heavy medical things that went on as well. And I remember one night I was leaving a situation that evening and I mean it just could not have gotten any bleaker and I called um, a friend of mine at the time and I was just sobbing and sobbing and I said I'm done I'm done with this hope thing Mm -hmm. up until this point in my life like everyone would kind of say oh Amy's been this like happy-go-lucky you know cheery girl and that's true but like I said I think that's always just been God's grasp on me sure. and I couldn't handle this devastation and I was tired like Lord 
what is this? And just feeling like devastation. I, I didn't know where hope actually fit sure. in any of that. And so I remember sitting in my car in the parking lot of the place I was at and I hung up the phone with my friend and I just cried and I said, God, I'm done. I am done with you and I'm done with this and I am done with this whole believing in you thing. I mean, flat out said it to him yeah. out loud because I'm a verbal processor and yeah. if he can't handle it, right, then yeah. he's not who he says he is. Yeah. And yeah, he can exactly. and he is. And I meant it with all of my heart. And the only thing I can say is what I felt that night in my car was truly just a grip. Just that like, you can try and run mm -hmm. out of the palm of my hand, Amy, but I have you. I have you. You can let go of holding on to me, but I am holding on to you. So I can, I can hear these things. Yeah. And I'm going to get you through it. And, um, and so for me, that was the most pivotal moment in my faith was not when did I become a Christian? When did I accept Jesus? When did I get baptized? But when did I actually stay a Christian? And it was when I felt like everything else was just falling apart. Um, and that this hope and this trust that I had my whole entire life it was just devastating um, and I didn't pretend to be okay um, but he just held me so after after all of those things going on um, right it's never linear with the Lord it's always it's always <laughs> yeah. a beautiful mess yeah. um, he had been growing me in reaching out to um, different um, small groups and things like that at the church community I was um, a part of and I started learning about um, lost and broken people in the world. Yeah. And and while I think sometimes we can hear lost and broken people and we see some image in our head of what that is, uh, the image that I had was not what I was learning about. I was learning about people not just in Frederick, not just in Virginia, not just in the East Coast, that decided not to love Jesus as their savior and as their Lord, but people that actually had never heard who he was. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that that even existed. Went to Christian school, went to church. Yeah. Like, I truly had no idea. And so at that same time, I felt like the Lord um, was really asking me to be obedient to him couple years after college and after these things going on with my family, I felt the Lord was calling me to truly obey him and be a part of seeking and saving the lost. And what I learned through reading the Bible and praying and being in good community was obedience or disobedience. Those are the only two things. Yep. So obedience for me looked like saying yes to all that God was asking of me. And at times that called me into places that I didn't speak the language. It called me to cultures that I had never been a part of before. It called me to countries and places um, that I never wanted to go or thought sure. I would ever go. And those were some of the most formative times for my faith. I would say in those times, 
I felt like a floundering fish, um, truly. And I really learned what it meant to live like a child of God um, and all that we get to claim as being a child. You know, I get to talk boldly to him. I get to talk honestly with him. I get to ask him for the things that I want, like a husband um, or, you know, whatever it may be. All of a sudden, there's going to be like a million people after this podcast being like, okay, God, I'm ready for my husband now. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I was single for a very long time and I was prepared to be single too. Um, But that part of my life was about three years or so end of 2019, I was living in a a place that um, I never thought I would call home. I didn't speak um, the language fluently. And right, surprise, 2020 rolls around. And I'm reevaluating some different trips that were necessary for me and my job at the time. And so I left my apartment, was traveling, and I really felt the Lord say to me, I need you to go back to Maryland. Yeah. And I didn't want to at all. I knew that my father really wanted me to come back to Maryland too um, with COVID um, going on. He was worried about me traveling. And so the Lord just kind of said to me, you know, "I, I want you to go back to Maryland. And do you trust me that I can have you where I want you? You were willing to say yes to me wherever that meant, what if that means going back to a place that you don't necessarily want to be? Mm -hmm. Um, Not because it's a bad place or I don't love the people, but it wasn't where my heart was. And so I came back to Maryland in 2020, right back here to my good old no longer farm land, Urbana. Very different, yeah. And um, a year later, um, after processing a lot of grief from leaving a place that I eventually learned to call home. Yeah. Um, and the reality that you, you weren't going to go back. Any, I mean, you didn't know because we didn't know the impact of COVID. But right. there was this reality that had set in for all of us. But, you know, even you, you felt it kind of even more so, which was, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back mm-hmm. or I don't know if that's the end of that chapter. Right. And so you were grieving and mourning what could have been the end of, Something that was so meaningful for you. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is I probably won't ever go back to that apartment. Yeah. Um, But I did have to grieve a lot of, you know, hey, am I going to ever get to see those friends um, again? And praise the Lord, right? Because what I didn't know was that one of the ways that he was going to, of course, use this time was to answer one of the deepest desires of my heart. And that was for not just a husband, but for a husband who wanted more than anything to obey God. Let's make sure everybody fully understands this. You're neither, you are not living in Maryland, either of you. Um, at one point in your life, like many, many miles apart, right? <laughs> like, like complete miles. opposite sides of the world type of thing. Yeah. God tells you both, go back home. And you're like, that sucks, but I'm going to do it anyways, right? COVID hits, which impacts everybody, but specifically, Amy, for you, it's, hey, this thing that you love and that you've, you've grown closer to God with, like, this is probably over now. You're back at home. 
and by chance, you guys meet each other. What was that like? Well, I uh, I pretty much had kind of given up on on dating by that point in time. I just was like, well, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. So I know that. I have every intention of leaving here again. So yeah. I'm not I'm not looking for anything. Would I love that? Yes, but I'm not looking. And so when I met Phil, um, I just thought he's a really nice guy. Yeah. He just wants to be a nice friend. Um, and so yeah, of course, making a new friend, I had no problem talking about pretty much anything in my life, really. It was like, yeah. This is, this is what I do for a living, and these are the places that I've lived, and this is what the past few years have been like for me, and this is what I desire for the next few years. But I just thought I was getting to know a new person. Sure. And when he asked me out uh, a few weeks later, I was like, well, I mean, he, he kind of knows what I'm about. Yeah, so. yeah. So it didn't scare him off. He's either delusional yeah. or, or he's okay she with it. made a big this. assumption, though. <laughs> I, did, I, I did make a big assumption. And it wasn't until a few months later that he actually approached the subject of, hey, I know you haven't always lived in Maryland. We got to talk about that. Yeah. You know, at that point in time, I said, you know, we were serious. Um, we were in a committed relationship and had a hopeful trajectory of marriage. Yeah. And now they're talking about, like, hey, okay, now we got to, like, actually address these things. And I told him, you know, yeah, I would like to still explore not living in Maryland um, in the future. Yep. Where are you at with that? Yeah. And he was like, well, I might go kicking and screaming, but if that's where God asks us to go, we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, for me, it was just trying to be intentional about what I wanted. Like, I think since we're, we're the same age and we got married later in life, like yep. uh, we got married at 35. Yep. And I got to a point where I'm just like, like, I wanted to get married, but it also wasn't like this thing that I was like, I need it now kind yeah. of a thing. Yep. And so I'm like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it doesn't, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And so I knew that if I was going to continue forward in the relationship that obviously we have to talk about this yep. you call it the elephant in the room like it yeah it's like we've been dating for two months now and i'm like we need to talk about yeah. this i'm not coming alongside of you just because of your calling yeah like if that's what you still feel called to do i'm like we can figure this out yeah yeah so we figured it out yeah <laughs> and I, I do want to say too for those of you listening the reason why two months in you knew that it was a serious relationship is because you were doing it the right way and because it was rooted in, in who Jesus is. And, you know, you are a little bit older. You've done a lot of wrestling with who you are and and, and, and what your careers are and your relationships. You've been in relationships that you knew, like, weren't it. So, like, even though it was two months in, like, foundationally speaking, it had a really—you guys both had strong foundations. And so when you started dating, those those foundations got even stronger. Because if this was 10 years earlier and you're in your mid-20s, there's no way that you both would be like, you know what, let's do this. Yeah. It would have been like, nope, I still got to figure myself out. Amy's going, I still got to figure out my stuff. I don't want to be here. It feels like I also don't want to be here. We just are going to go in different directions, though. And so I do want to commend you guys but encourage other people. Like When you do things the right way and when you trust God the right way, specifically when it comes to relationships or career, whatever it may be, sometimes it feels quick by like society standards. But when you do it the right way, it's not quick. Right. Because God's been working on you guys for years. Um, so for you guys, you know, Amy, for you, it's like 
I'm doing this. Uh, I would like for you to do this with me. Phil, for you, like, what was the wrestling in that like? I want to say it was harder than it should be, but it, I mean, I think it was just the buildup of everything before. It's just like, well, you've already said yes to these. Like, I'm just asking you to say it again. Yeah. And, and, you know, I very well could have looked at this relationship and been like, you know what? This is her calling. I don't want to do that. I think we should end that. And if that's what I wanted to do, I would have done that. But I felt like I'm pretty sure this is the person I want to be with. Yeah. I'm praying about it. I'm not getting a no from anything. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Saying yes to it wasn't wasn't that difficult of a yeah. decision. From from like my perspective, um, you know, Phil, you're leading at Collective. Uh, we meet Amy. We hear Amy's story, and there's a part where it's like, oh crap, like this is really good, but this also means we're gonna have to say goodbye to Phil. And you and I have had that. Con- we've all had that conversation where it was like man, like what, what you're about to do isn't much different than what you're already doing, right? It's seeking and saving lost people. And at, at Collective, it's it's people that live locally, it's students, um, but that burden is still the same burden. The difference is, me challenging Collective right here, is there's 500 people in this church who can do it locally, but there aren't many people who are saying, hey, I'm gonna do this globally, right? Um, so one collective listeners step up <laughs> and uh, we need you to serve in youth collective specifically, but two, like understand that there is a burden that goes beyond where we are locally. And Amy, you said this earlier. And so I want to lean into this a bit more just so people understand there are places in the world that have zero churches. It's not that they don't have good churches or churches that they like. There are zero churches in those areas. Um, for those of you who listen to this podcast outside of Frederick who have moved in lament not having a collective where you are, uh, there are places in this world where there's there's just nothing. There are places in this world where there are not translations of scripture that are in the local dialect, and that is a burden that we should feel. And there are organizations that try to to meet those needs, but it's complicated because we don't know what we don't know when it comes to language. So people have to go into those places to learn the language, to come back out of those places, to translate scripture, to bring scripture back into those places. There are places in this world that it's not that there is no belief in some sort of God. There, there tends to be some wrestling with religion, but there is no remnant of Christianity. And when in scripture, when Jesus tells them to go and make disciples, you know, Matthew 28, like reach the whole world, that is something that you know Jesus clearly meant in that time, and it's what he means now. And that's really what you guys are saying yes to. So, and, and you can't say because God asked you to. Okay, we know God asked you to. That feels very clear. But for you personally, like why, why do you feel this burden? One, in some of my different travels over the, um, over the years, I met a man. And to tell you the truth, I was just practicing my language skills. I wasn't trying to do anything glorious. I was just practicing my language skills. And when I asked this man um, if he knew Jesus, uh, his response to me was, what is a Jesus? Hmm. Not who, or is he nearby, or I don't know him, but what? And so yet, but even on top of that, 
you know, how, ma- how many people come to Collective here? Uh, we're averaging around 500 right now, which is crazy. There are whole populations where you don't even have access to one Christian, yeah, an ac- a Christ follower. So apart from no church or apart from no word of God, they can't even go hunt down their neighbor and ask them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get educated, right? That's the big thing. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if we really say that we love Jesus and he is the only answer, why wouldn't we not go? If you think like the two greatest commandments, love God, love people. Yep. Um, if I'm going to say yes to both of those and if it's what I truly believe, then that's what I have to do. Yeah. You know, um, what's comfortable? Staying here and just having a good job. And that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but as with faith like he's asking me for more and if I say no then I am disobeying and at that point I mean it's just cultural Christianity in my opinion for me and you know everyone's walk is different not everyone is going to be called to do that correct but um, for us it is and here's the thing too you brought it up Matthew 28 says go and make disciples and actually right before that it says like pray yeah. Right? One, all of it always starts with prayer. Yep. But two, we also talked about, hey, you don't know what you don't know. And so Phil and I want to go to places and people that other people don't know so that we can introduce them. Yeah. Um, so then people know about them or they know about those places. And then maybe they're not so foreign or strange or unfamiliar um, but maybe like a distant relative that you don't get to see too often, sure. but you know exists, and there's there's a love in your heart for them. Yeah. And we know that it's not about us. It's about them. It's about lost yeah. people. And if we can be helpful to other people knowing about lost people, then we want to say yes to that. Yeah. You know, and for you guys, it's physically going. But for other people listening on the podcast, it might be financial support. It might be prayer. It might be um, having conversations with people about the reality that there are people groups all over the world that have no have no faith and not because they didn't choose it, because they don't have the option to have it because they don't know that it exists. But in general, the burden has to be felt. I don't know how you can love Jesus and not be heartbroken, really, that people don't have the opportunity to choose him. And so everybody, you know, listening, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, like this burden should be felt. Um, I'm not saying you need to leave and go do things, but but maybe you should ask God what role that burden kind of gets gets um, impacted in your life. Um, for you guys, like it honestly feels like God had been preparing you both for this just based on your openness and willing to say, okay, God, like, what do you want from me? I'm not sure, Phil, for you specifically, you expected it to be this big of a leap, but like God feels like he prepared the way a little bit with what you did earlier, traveling from state to state and, and having those, those conversations with people. I agree. And it's not something I think I would have chosen for myself. You yeah. Know? It's just, just, you know, and it just started out like just saying yes yeah. to one thing. Yep. And like we said, everyone's might not bring him to that point, but if you just keep opening yourself up to saying yes, I think that's, 
it leads to more. I, I, I wanted to keep trying to find this my calling kind of a thing. Yeah. And what I've realized, it's like there's not like this one thing that my life is going to be about. Yeah. And it's really all about glorifying yeah. Christ. And whatever I can do to say yes to that is what that is going to be. Um, so for you guys, um, I know this is still kind of up in the air, but right now you are moving toward leaving sometime in the winter and being gone for the foreseeable future. How do you feel about that? Well, what's exciting is the world is so different compared to when I uh, return to Maryland and when we will theoretically leave. So work is taking so many different shapes and forms. And that's the same um, in this area of work too. And so I'm really excited because one, I have a new partner in this. And so there's a whole skill set that I have no idea what God is going to do or how he's going to use Phil, but also us as a couple. And I think I'm just really excited to hopefully help a lot of churches tear down conventional ideas of what this kind of work looks like. Um, And I think that that's going to be a lot of this next phase of of work life um, as a couple. And I'm also really excited to to take Phil to a place that was so influential for me um, and getting to invite him into that and to see some place that was so hard for me but was also so so good for me i'm really excited about all of that but i also have really enjoyed having a little bit of stability and routine of life here so it is it is hard to there's a comfort to to you know right to step out of that comfort again even though i'm going to um something similar to what it was before um, Phil, how are you feeling right now? I wouldn't say terrified or That's anything, good. <laughs> but it's it, there's a I love learning, and yeah. so I get to learn a whole new language now, a yeah. whole new culture, and figure out ways that people can meet Jesus in, in yeah. ways that I have not been able to do here. You know, yeah. so there's an exciting part. It's also scary. Like, wait, I actually have to learn a new language, yeah. and I actually have to be proficient at it. I don't get to like do it for like two hours and then go and speak my native language. No, it's like, I've, I've got to, I got to yeah. figure this out kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's just, I know there's going to be work. Yeah. And I know that's, that's probably the big thing. And I think the hardest part is leaving people back here. Yeah. It's probably the hardest part for me. Uh, my parents and my siblings and all my nieces and nephews now. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of people that I'll be sad to see that I won't be able to see grow a little bit more and things now. And that's probably the hardest part, I would say. Yeah. You know, from the collective perspective, um, we're really excited for you guys. And my hope in having you guys on the podcast was to have you guys share your story, but to share about what comes next. Because um, for people who are close to you, they know kind of what's going on. But it's really important for our church to understand that there are people in our church who are stepping out of Frederick and stepping out of America to go and bring the gospel forward. And um, so for those of you listening, I want to encourage you to do a few things. 
Um, the first is if you know Phil and Amy, or even if you don't know Phil and Amy, um, and want to learn more about what does it look like to leave the comfort of our home to share Jesus with people, you should talk to them. Part of the benefit of them being on this podcast is they get to kind of share part of this story and say, hey, like it's here's this thing, like we'd love to share more with you. But the other thing is, is they really would covet your prayers. Uh, one of the best things that you can be doing right now is they prepare to go, not just when they're gone, right? Because we're really good at the, oh, they're there, let's pray for these things. But it's like still a lot that you guys have to get done in the next few months in order for you to go. Very good pastoral leadership from the organization you're partnering with. Um, but man, they would love your prayer right now as well. Um, they would also love to know specifically for those of you who are in community with them that, hey, like we're proud of them and we're going to miss the crap out of you guys. Um, but man, this place will be here when you come back. Uh, and however long it is, it, it'll be a little bit different probably. I think probably we're building. Some, I know. Phil, every time <laughs> Phil and I get together, he's like, when we come back, collection's going to be in a completely different building. And you joked with me like a year ago about that. And then we sat down a few months ago and I was like, hey, Phil, I think we're probably going to be in a different building. Um, <laughs> But man, uh, so let me just say this, like we're so excited for you guys and Collective is behind you 100%. We're excited to hear more and we're excited for you to share more. We're excited to create opportunities for us, for you guys to be able to share a little bit more about what's going on, not on the podcast where it's not recorded. So it's not intentionally vague for those of you listening who um, are really mental in your mind right now about where are they going. We're not going to tell you on the podcast, um, but you can ask them and then they'll talk more with you about it. Um, but you guys are the first people at Collective, nationally or, in, or internationally, to say, hey, we're, we're going to go. And um, that's a really big deal. And we're really proud of you guys and excited for you guys uh, and excited for what God can do and in ways that we can support and be behind that. So one of the questions that we ask everybody in the podcast is to give some wisdom. And you guys have had both similar experiences, which is very strange about your faith, is there are a lot of similarities in it, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean both of you think the same things based on your experiences and would even, um, you know, lead through it the same, the same way. So share with me a little bit of wisdom that you guys have that you love for people in the podcast to hear. And this could be based on like previous parts of your life. It could be, you know, feel for you. It could be the travel side or it could be the get up and go phase of your life that you guys are in right now, but what wisdom would you share with Collective today? And Phil, we'll start with you. Just step into the opportunity and keep running towards Christ. I mean, you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. I think as long as you turn back to him every time um, and just say yes when that opportunity arises, that obedience, that just that willingness to do it, I think is probably the biggest thing I could say. Yeah, that's good. I'd say uh, get a mentor. Um, and get a mentor who is going to ask you hard questions, uh, questions you don't like, who is going to see through whatever facade you try to put up, and get a mentor who is going to open the Bible with you and point you to Jesus even when you don't like what he has to say yeah. about what you're doing in your life, or maybe some of the truths you're not actually believing. Yeah. But get a mentor, find one. It's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but do it. Yeah. Read your Bible. Heck yeah. I mean, uh, can't all, all, all of that advice is you, you can't undervalue what you guys just shared. And I hope with people who hear your stories, they understand it's not coming from like a pick an option place, but saying like, no, this is what, what got me through what I've been through, but also is getting me into the next phase. 
Um, all right. So another question that we don't get to ask everybody else, but I want to ask you guys, as you head into this next phase of your life, what would you suggest us listeners? What can we do right now to care for you guys? And I talked about prayer and I talked about like, you know, asking questions, but I want to hear from you guys like, Hey, what are some of the best things that we can do to support people who are uprooting their life to go and bring the gospel beyond our world? So this is a a much, I guess, broader question or like there's a lot to unpack with it. So I'll keep it pretty succinct. Show a general interest in the people and or place that they're going. Go back to the the learner that you want to learn, not about Amy and Phil, not about the person who is going, but the ones who really need to know Jesus. Want to learn about them. That is, that cares more for uh, the goer than a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, I would like to add to that too, based on some of the conversations that we've had that I don't do well, is I'm really good at the send off. But one of the things I struggle with is when they're in the day to day grind of continuing to be that support and continuing to be the cheerleader continuing to be the prayer warrior, like all, all of those things. And, um, at some point you guys will be gone and people will think about you, but they won't see you. And so one of the challenges that I have to put on myself and and I've learned this from you guys and having conversations is I can't just let it be, I'm going to support and care about these things until they're gone. One of the ways that we feel the burden for lost people is when we know people who are reaching those lost people to wake up every day praying for that burden, that they're they're successful, right? And so pushing on myself and, and us too is we have a, a unique window right now while you guys are here, but that window closes uh, sometime at the end of this year, beginning of next year. We can't lose sight of those things as well. And I suck at that. And Amy, you've challenged me a lot in our conversations about thinking about this work beyond just that, okay, how do we support you to, to get you there? But it's like, while you're there, like, do we do we still care about this? And so pushing that even further for us, like, not just now, but later as well. Uh, Phil, what about you? Yeah, I think that's one of the big things is just having an advocacy for us here when we're gone. Um, I think it's not necessarily a fear I have of this church, but of what I've seen in other churches of, like, when the missionary is not there, they're just, like, a picture on a, a – you know, when the, the global worker isn't there, they're a picture on a wall. Yeah. And they're just like a family, and you don't know who they mm-hmm. are. You never hear about them. Yep. Maybe there's like one day a year you... Yeah, you put them on stage. Yeah, yep. and it's like, yeah. okay, that sounds awesome, great. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to our regularly scheduled programming yeah. kind of a thing. And so yeah. it's not like every Sunday, but it's just like, hey, there's work being done. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about us. Yep. Don't forget about the, the people. Yeah. And even when we come back, like there's going to be a point where we return that we would like to, to tell yep. people about what's happening. Yep. So. yep. And that is one of the promises that we made to you guys is creating space. And it's really challenged us and how we manage uh, global work and how we support organizations and um, what does that even look like, you know? And it's a good challenge and it's a good burden that we should feel. Um, and I appreciate you guys challenging us to think that way. And, um, and, and that's, and I feel that challenge, not just globally, but locally as well with church planning. You know, we are a massive support of church planning. Um, and we don't talk about it much and some of it's cause I don't want to seem boastful, but some of it's just because, 
when you're in the day to day, sometimes you just kind of get lost in it. And so, um, it's something that we feel challenged to do and I'm excited for you to go. I'm excited for you to come back and, and be able to share that and, and figure out what comes next, not just for you guys, but for us as well, which we, we've, we've talked about is the dream is one day collective is able to send groups of people to experience this in, in smaller settings and smaller amounts of time, but in a way that kind of gets it out of their, their mind and their imagination, but into the reality and like into their hands. Cause it is truly a life changing experience when, when you get to do this terrifying, even if it's just for a week or two, um, but man, is it so good for your faith when you can see what faith is like outside of the comfort, right? We're so lucky to have a place like Collective where we have a space to come to every Sunday. You know, it's air conditioned. You know, it, it feels good. There's people here. We have the resources to do almost anything we want to do. You appreciate this so much more when you see it and when people have just as much faith with a fraction, a very small fraction of what we have to kind of lead them to that. Um, and so that's our hope one day is that we get to make people very uncomfortable and they get to say yes to experience that on their own. Um, all right. So last question, uh, my favorite question on the podcast, scripture, you know, Phil, you said it earlier, read your Bible and Amy said it earlier, find somebody who will open it up and read it with you. If there was one verse, you can have more than one verse. It's okay. That you would want to share to say, Hey, this is the thing that kind of sits in my soul. Uh, it's, it's that verse. This is words from God that, kind of have hit you and, and you hold on to, what would they be? And Amy, we'll start with you. Mm. Uh, Matthew six thirty three, uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And um, in context, right, it's talking about the things not to worry and that God provides um, and that you are so treasured um, and you mean so much to him. Um, but also seek his kingdom, not my kingdom. Seek his righteousness and his glory, not my own, not my reputation, and to just continue to always put him first in my heart and in my mind. That's good. So. 41, Isaiah 41.10 is one of my favorites. Um, just I think it's something that I came across when I was in North Carolina and really stuck with me about God being with me. Um, it was, uh, fear not, I am with you. Be not discouraged because I am God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then there's another one that I really enjoyed because I think it helped um, help me be more bold in sharing my faith was Hebrews uh, 10.39 was, for we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but have faith and preserve our souls. Yeah, that's good. I'm so excited for you guys. Uh, I've done my grieving process uh, with you guys leaving um, selfishly, and you know, we've talked about this, where I know the impact that you have here is huge. And as much as I want that impact at Collective every single week, um, I'm very aware that there are people who have nobody. Uh, and you guys feel that call and feel that burden. And we're proud of you guys. We're excited for you guys. Um, we're behind you 100%. And um, we can't wait to hear more stories. Um, by the time you get back, this podcast is probably over. Who knows at this point? <laughs> but, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can to create space for you guys to share personally, but also um, kind of the bigger vision of, of what uh, bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth really looks like. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Thank you for your willingness to say yes. Um, one of the words that's been brought up a lot is obedience. And you guys are a really good example of people who trust God. It's, obedience is easy when there's trust and you have it. 
and we're excited to, to see what comes next. So thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And thank you for sharing a little bit of your story today on the podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah.